You are listening to the Vegan Body Coach Podcast, all about optimizing your strength, fitness, and physique through a plant-focused diet. My name is Jackson Burton, and I'm a nutrition and training coach for vegans, the plant-centric, and plant-curious. I'm sitting down with athletes, experts, and influencers around the world to inspire you to create your best vegan body yet. Back to the Vegan Body Coach Podcast. This is episode number five. A little bit special today because it's just me, first solo podcast, and I want to get this one a little bit shorter if I can. Uh, I want to make it a little more concise, straight to the point. And the reason I wanted to do this podcast specifically was because, as you're aware, and as you're probably right in the mix of it right now, uh, we're on lockdown here in New Zealand. And I'm sure wherever you are in the world, you're most likely on some form of social isolation, social distancing, um, or a lockdown period within your country, which means the gyms, including my one that I own, are all shut. Uh, so this means we need to be implementing ways of training at home. And I'm seeing a lot of home exercise programs, home programs uh, being thrown around online, different exercises you can do. There's a whole bunch of creativity going on, which is super exciting. Um, I love seeing the the new exercises coming out and the ways that people are, are thinking up to to challenge the body in different ways. But I think uh, I think there's some some big issues, some big problems there, and mistakes that people make when they are training at home. Um, and obviously, guys, I'm, this is a disclaimer. Like. Any movement is good movement. While you're at home, any kind of activity is going to be a great thing for you to be doing. However, if you are like myself, wanting to maximize, uh, sorry, optimize the, the the form of training, the the results from the training that you do at home, uh, get the most bang for your buck out of each set, each repetition that you do, then I think there are some mistakes that I want to cover and go over with you. Um, but first of all, you know, let's discuss why it is important to train at home to begin with. I think one of the big ones is keeping up some form of consistency and momentum in your training. You know, you're in the gym, you're doing that day in, day out, so normal routine. When we are at home, we should be continuing on some form of routine. I think there's so many benefits to that for when we go back to the gym eventually long term. Uh, the the whole, yeah, keeping up with some form of consistent routine that you develop. And, you know, if you, if you were to let that go over the next two, three, four weeks, it's likely when you go back to the gym, it's just going to be that much harder. Uh, and also because of the detraining effect, if you were to do nothing over this period, yeah, getting back to your levels now wouldn't be a, a huge issue. However, there is that detraining effect. You have to go back into the gym. You have to d- deal with DOMS, delayed onset muscle soreness again from those movements. You have to start to, you know, you have to start at a much lower volumes that you could now um, if you were to just continue training. I think the other massive benefits there is it's a chance to improve and to grow uh, on a whole range of new exercises, new things that you can use your body to do. You can use, you can learn to do completely new exercises, new skills. Uh, something I wanted to master is my handstand um, hold. You know, holding a handstand, uh, doing handstand push-ups, things like that. New skills that I'm not going to be doing often within the gym. It's a great chance for us to be doing those types of things. And of course, the the mental health side. Is huge, you know. You having some form of outlet each day, some form of 
physical activity to clear the mind, to release the endorphins. Uh, we all know we feel incredible after a session. So it's a case of making that routine, making it a part of your life. I think that's so, so important. And then lastly, I think one of the big ones is just increasing your daily energy output. Most of us are going to be very inactive over this period, unless you're like you myself with the dog and I'm out walking very, very often <laughs> to keep him happy. Um, so increasing your daily energy output just through training is a great way to do it, uh, along with your general increase in non-exercise activity. So your, you know, your step count and things like that um, is, a, is a great thing to, to keep into your routine. Um, but I just wanted to cover quickly is, number one, can we gain muscle uh, throughout this period? And number two, can we maintain strength? And number one, I think in terms of the muscle side of things, there's a ton of research supporting this that even training at high rep ranges are just as effective if we're training close enough to fail there, say within the 40 to 80% of one RM of one rep max. Um, so that's likely going to be anywhere from say five or six reps all the way up to around uh, 30 repetitions. You're going to get the same result from what you're doing in the gym as long as you are taking those sets close enough to failure and that's going to enable you to to maximize the amount of muscle you can maintain or even grow during this period i think a lot of people will find that they actually if they use some of the techniques i give you today they'll be able to actually increase their muscle size throughout this period um can we maintain strength this is a little bit more nuanced and I think for new lifters, you're most likely going to gain strength in various movements, especially if they're new movements that you've never done before. Um, but for experienced lifters, I think you'll be able to maintain that sort of base level of strength and, and this is largely in relation to you maintaining muscle mass. So if you focus on maintaining muscle mass during this time through, again, training your sets from anywhere from sort of five to six reps all the way up to 30 repetitions so that 40 to 80 percent of one rm really close to failure so within one two reps of failure per per uh, muscle uh, sorry per set then yes you're going to be able to maintain that base level of strength now when you go back into the gym you start doing your barbell lifts again and you usually we're measuring strength off those certain barbell lifts like a squat and our bench press and our deadlift then yeah you are going to suffer a loss of strength initially but largely this is this is largely going to be down to the uh basically what 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 has been termed uh your rusty motor patterns um so basically you know your ability to perform a lift every lift is a skill especially the barbell lifts if you have not done them for two to four weeks even longer in some cases we'll see how thing, how long this thing lasts then yeah you're going to suffer some reductions in strength however through what research we have seen we know that once you get back under the barbell you start doing those lifts again you start getting those motor patterns back down then that strength is going to return within two to four weeks really fast so there's nothing to be worried about if you can't get a barbell if you can't do your squats don't freak out about it focus on maintaining your muscle mass and that's going to enable you to maintain that base level of strength throughout this period so yes we can maintain muscle yes we can gain some muscle especially if you are increasing your volume over this period and possibly eating in a slight surplus and yes we can maintain our base level strength but potentially not our individual 
uh, exercise strength because that comes largely down to the neurological adaptations and the, the motor patterns that come along with those exercises. Now let's get into the nuts and bolts of this episode. The the five mistakes I see with home exercise training programs. Um, these are ones that I've, I've, I've sort of thought about over the last couple of weeks and seen people doing them online and things that I think should be made apparent now so you can get the most out of your, your home training. So number one, thinking you can't train without specific equipment or insert whatever equipment you think you can't train without um, or any kind of fancy gym equipment. Thinking you can't train without that specific equipment you think is going to give you the results. We have to remember that weight is weight. Whatever the body is lifting, it doesn't know if it's lifting a fancy cable machine or it's lifting a canvas tote bag full of books. Either way, that weight is signaling within the body. It's signaling that there's a tension there. It's a tension stimulus there that it needs to recruit more and more muscle fibers as that weight increases or as the duration increases that you're lifting it for. So it doesn't really matter what you lift. Lift something that's heavy. Make sure it's going to be taxing on the muscle so that it does recruit as many muscle fibers as you can. And generally that's going to be, like we've already discussed, within that 5 to 30 rep range and trying to make that as stimulative as possible. So it's not just about jumping down and doing 10 push-ups and you know calling it there when you could actually bang out 30. It's about taking each set. It's going to roll on to the next one, but take each, each set close enough to failure so that we elicit the, the response we want from that. Um, because we are going to be training generally in high rep ranges and we don't have specific equipment to, to really overload the muscle, there's certain techniques we'll get into that are going to help you to overload and progress these exercises, but just be aware that no matter what you're lifting, it's the same thing. Your body's going to respond to it the same way. So let's roll on to number two not prioritizing intensity of effort. Now, this is probably my my number one. I should have put it as number one, but it is, uh, yeah, it's the one that people are probably going to get the most results from if they do it and the, the, the one that people tend to, to leave out if they don't know about it. Generally in the gym, we can train, say, five reps away from failure and still get a really, really good result from that kind of training um, just because it's heavy enough loading. Usually it's in the sort of six to 12 rep range. But now that we're going to be doing a lot more bodyweight exercises, banded exercises, um, trying to be creative enough to get any exercise you do towards failure within that 30 rep range, it's it's going to be more and more important for you to take each set closer to failure. So intensity of effort per set, how close to failure you're training per set that you do. Now, every set that you do over this next four to five week period should be relatively close to failure and we're talking two reps in reserve one rep in reserve and maybe on the last set of each each exercise you might want to take that one all the way to muscular failure and i think a lot of people don't actually know how hard to train when it comes to that like they don't actually know what is one rep in reserve what is two reps in reserve and i I challenge you to test this on yourself do a set of push-ups call out when you think you could only do two more and then keep going. And if you get more than that, then obviously you're undershooting. Uh, 
you want to test this on yourself and see how good you are at gauging your reps and reserve targets. Now, this is going to be a lot harder when we are doing, say, high rep squat sets because the thing that's going to stop you from doing more set, more repetitions of quads, of, of sorry, of more repetitions of squats is not per se muscular failure. It's actually just going to be the buildup of, of uh, metabolites within that muscle that creates so much pain, so much sensation that you actually just want to stop. So it's more of a mind game of how much pain can you tolerate. Um, so we want to be trying to load the muscle heavy enough so that we can get close enough to failure without that huge buildup of metabolites that stops us from hitting more repetitions when the muscle's actually still got more reps in it. Um, so say you're doing a, a bodyweight squat, you may want to load that with a dumbbell in a goblet position or using, again, like using the canvas bags full of books or using a bucket full of um, sand or concrete or whatever you have lying around the house to ensure that you are getting close enough to failure under the 30 rep range. So prioritize that intensity of effort on every set that you do, um, no matter whether it's upper body, lower body, no matter what exercise you're doing, you need to prioritize how hard you are training per set. And most people, I think this is a really good time to test that on themselves and to really step it up. It's a, I think we can get comfortable in the gym where we can just go through the motions and just enjoy our time there being social and things like that. But now you're at home, you're on your own likely, and you've got time to really focus on each individual set and yeah, I mean, use this time. I'm going to be using this time and see if I can actually improve, seeing if I can grow, seeing if I can um, progress further than I did in the gym using different movements, new movements, new ways of, of creating the, the stimulus that I need um, and getting close enough to failure. Right, let's not drag that on. Number three. Okay, so this one's a big one as well. Uh, the mistake of allowing systemic and cardiovascular fatigue to reduce the localized muscle fatigue. Now, what do I mean by that? If we look at, say, an exercise like, let's use those bodyweight squats again. Say you did a set of 50 reps. Actually, use, let's use a say a one an exercise I was doing uh, yesterday that I felt I felt this on big time was a dumbbell front squat. So two dumbbells up on the shoulders in a front squat position and I was trying to hit failure within the sort of 25 to 30 rep range but what I was finding is that yes my quads were feeling it my legs were feeling it I was also feeling a huge amount of cardiovascular fatigue um, and overall what we call systemic fatigue your whole body fatigue right as opposed to that localized quad feeling that I want from that exercise so what we're seeing is with a lot of the exercises, a lot of the programs I'm seeing out there at the moment is that people are doing these high rep exercises and getting nowhere near muscular failure because they're getting so tired and so worn out and, and so heavy breathing from that exercise that they can't actually get anywhere close to failure. So we want to take away some of that by increasing rest times between some of your sets if need be. So if I'm going to be doing a superset of a say a table row so where I'm hanging underneath a table and doing rows into the table and I'm going to superset that with push-ups if I get to the point of doing my push-ups and I'm breathing so hard from doing my rows I'm not going to be able to get the most amount of stimulus onto my pecs and my delts in the push-up as I would if I took say 30 seconds rest to get my breath back down now that that also we can sort of uh have a caveat there of if you're doing superseded exercises, say a push-up into a decline push-up, then you're going to want to reduce that rest period so that you can 
increase the localized muscle fatigue of those two exercises. So you go from a push-up into a decline push-up, both are very pec dominant, chest dominant. So you're going to get a massive stimulus and massive benefit from doing both of those exercises back-to-back even though the heart rate's going to be up. But just be aware of some of those exercises, usually the whole body exercises like your squats and your lunges and things and how they affect your cardiovascular system um, and how that uh, how that increases your overall body fatigue, which takes away from the localized muscle fatigue that we're trying to hit within an exercise. So I guess a big, a big point to take away is try to isolate muscles as best as you can. If you're hitting the quads, try to hit them isolate them. If you're hitting hamstrings, if you're hitting the glutes, whatever muscle it may be, try to isolate them as best as you can and take the rest you need to stimulate that muscle specifically. Focus on the mind-muscle connection, squeeze the muscle hard. You might like to control the eccentrics a little bit, so taking them a little bit slower on the way down. Um, You may like to throw in a pause on each exercise. So at the bottom of a movement, say a squat, you could pause at the bottom. Um, there's many different ways you could increase the tension on that muscle, but just trying to ensure that we are, yeah, taxing the localized muscle, not the overall body. Hopefully that makes sense, guys. Um, let's rock on to number four. Too much variety. I think a lot of home exercise programs right now are based off people just wanting to try a whole bunch of different exercises or they're just jumping around from Instagram influencer to Instagram influencer and trying out a whole bunch of different workouts. And that's totally cool for a lot of people. I think it's totally fine. Um, I totally want to encourage everybody to get into some form of exercise and if they want to try something different every single day that's fantastic Uh, but at the same time if you are doing this for any length of period say four weeks or more um, depending on what country you're in how long you're in lockdown for I think reducing the variety of exercises you are doing and focusing on a specific program that you've written for yourself or you've got one of my programs that you've got a set amount of exercises per week that you do and you're going to progress and work on those over time that ability to uh, get the response in terms of hypertrophy muscle gain um, and strength of an exercise, it tends to come into play you know, a couple of weeks into doing that exercise. Initially, you're going to get a large amount of soreness from a new exercise. Like say you've just started doing a Nordic hamstring curl. Um, not a curl, sorry, a Nordic hamstring uh, where you are placing your feet underneath the couch, putting some weight on the couch and lowering yourself down just using your hamstrings. That is one of the most damaging exercises you can do that's just going to create a heck of a lot of muscle pain, muscle soreness in the days to come. So say you've just started doing that exercise, you're going to be spending so much time in repair mode, trying to repair the muscle um, and bring down that muscle soreness until you get to a point where the the repeated bout effect is coming into play and you can actually benefit from the hypertrophy the muscle building side of things once you've done that exercise for say two or three weeks so if you're just switching it out every single week doing a nordic hamstring one week and then the next week you're going to do a romania deadlift and then you're going to do a single leg deadlift you're learning all these different exercises week to week but you're never getting the the benefit of the repeated bout effect and that sort of ability to to progress on an exercise over time. So having too much variety is, is a big issue I'm seeing. Definitely have variety within your days. So if you're training four days a week like I am at the moment, you're having day one, different exercises, day two, day three, day four. You might have some exercises the same throughout that training cycle, but 
that should be you know a decent amount of variety throughout the week for you. However, the next week you're going to come back through, you're going to hit the same exercises again. You're going to try and progress on them in some way, shape, or form. Now, that leads us on really nicely to home exercise mistake number five. The last one I have is not having any progression methods in your training. So I guess a lot of people will just do the program, um, try to get as many reps as they can. Maybe they're training close enough to failure, which is great. They can get the majority of their results from doing that. But we need to progress over time, and especially if we are going to be in this for the long haul, we need to learn different ways that we can uh, better ourselves on these exercises. So for some exercises, you might not be able to increase the load. Um, For example, if you don't have anything in the house, any load whatsoever, and you're doing push-ups and you can't put anything on your back, um, or you're doing squats and you don't have the ability to hold anything, you're going to need to increase the intensity of that exercise from other means so obviously number one way to progress is to add load each week if you can add some form of load maybe you've got adjustable dumbbells maybe you've got a um a band that you can increase the the tension on that exercise um but other ways to to progress that exercise maybe like we were talking about before is increasing the time under tension of each repetition so you're slowing down the negative so on the squat you're slowly coming down to that squat taking three to four seconds to do that and really stretching out those muscle groups um or you could pause the repetition so say in a a a, a um a geez i'm losing my words today a push-up so you're doing a push-up you're coming down slowly, you hit the bottom, you hold for a second or two seconds, and then you power back up. So placing that hold in there creates more time under tension for that exercise, makes it a little harder. So you could just use that as a progression method. Okay, maybe once I've got to 20 repetitions of a normal push-up, I'm going to place in some eccentric push-ups. I'm going to slow the repetition down a little bit and keep my reps under 20. Or I could place my uh, hands on some books and create a deficit push-up and make it harder that way by increasing the range of the motion throughout the exercise. Or if I have a band, I could place the band around my back and do banded push-ups and create more tension that way. If you are doing banded exercises and you want to learn how to progress those, you can do what's called choking up the band. So wrap the band around your hand a little bit and that's going to increase the tension of that exercise. I was doing that just today using the banded face pull. It wasn't quite hard enough so I wrapped the band around my hand a couple of times and then I created enough tension there to get a good stimulus in my rear delts. Um other ways to progress, obviously you can increase the repetitions that you do, but keep in mind, we are trying to keep our repetitions within the 5 to 30 repetition range, so you're going to want to increase the reps only to a point, and then you're going to want to either increase the load or increase the effort of that set. Um, there's other ways you can progress progress as well guys so we're talking improving your technique okay everyone can improve their technique in the form of the way they do things if you're looking at your exercises and you're unsure what your technique's like video it look back at it and then decide oh maybe i can improve things here in my push-up i can probably squeeze my glutes and pull my abs in a little tighter Um, maybe i can get a little deeper in my squat or not come off my heels maybe i can place a little book under my heels so i'm getting depth without my ankles caving in due to ankle range of motion issues so improving techniques always a big one we can uh, progress by increasing our mind-muscle connection per exercise, so knowing exactly what muscle you are hitting in your exercise. If you're doing a banded bicep curl, if you're doing a, uh, a close grip 
tricep push-up, knowing what muscle you're trying to hit and focusing on that with your mind on every single repetition so that you, when you finish that repetition, you are squeezing that muscle as hard as you can. I like to think about it like I'm squeezing the water out of the sponge. That's the kind of contraction I want from my muscle. So increasing the mind-muscle connection. Um, and one that we sort of did touch on is increasing the range of motion in an exercise as well. Obviously, the longer you take an exercise, a rep through a longer range of motion, the more of a stretch you get through the target muscle and then a greater contraction because it's going through that longer range. It's going through a lengthened position. So those are my big five, guys. If you were to take even two of those, implement them, I think you're going to get a massive benefit from your home training. You just have to focus on doing those things consistently um, and not having that reductive mindset of, oh, I can't train now or I can't get the most benefit of my training because I don't have the equipment or I don't have a good setup or I don't have a good environment. There's still so much we can do and so much we can benefit from when we're home training utilizing these five principles. So I'm just going to run them through or summary them for you. Number one, weight is weight. No matter what equipment you have, it doesn't have to be fancy. Load the muscle, create tension, and you're going to get the most out of that exercise. Number two, prioritizing your intensity of effort. Every set needs to be taken within one to two reps of failure. And again, maybe that third or that fourth, whatever your last set is on the exercise, taking that one to complete muscular failure, if you can, using the load that you have. Uh, Number three, really focusing on the localized muscle fatigue as opposed to systemic muscle fatigue, uh, sorry, systemic fatigue in general, so systemic body fatigue where your whole body is, is, um, is struggling generally from a cardiovascular uh, capacity standpoint, all right? So ensuring that we are picking exercises that aren't going to tax you in the cardiovascular system, but they're going to tax individual muscle groups. Now, if you want to work your cardiovascular system, that is totally fine as well. You're going to be working it to a certain extent with any kind of weight training exercises, but if you want to work on your fitness, your cardiovascular capacity, your endurance, there's a ton of different things you can do there. You can do your Tabatas, you can do your circuits, you can do sprints on the field, you can go for a jog, all these things you can include as well if you like. Uh, number four, ensuring that you don't have too much variety. Try to keep some similar exercises in there that you can progress on week to week. Number five is ensuring that you actually do progress and you use some of those methods we used, uh, we chatted about to progress those exercises over time. Now, I had a couple of questions from some listeners uh, in relation to home training that I wanted to cover really quickly. Um, one of them was quite good. It said, should I increase training to make up for the lack of NEAT or non-exercise activity thermogenesis or should I still take rest? Um, I think that's a great question and I think we do want to increase our training volumes while we're at home. So if you're used to training three days a week, maybe you go up to four days a week. If you're used to training five days a week, Maybe keep it at five, but add in a couple of walks or a run or something like that. Um, for myself, I'm actually reducing my training just a little bit. Um, the The initial uh, week of home training has been quite taxing for myself. Uh, it's different kind of training, new exercises, new ways of stimulating the muscles. So I feel like the body's been taking a little bit of a hit from that. So I've dropped my training a little bit. So you need to, you know, auto regulate a little bit there and just be aware of, of. 
um, yeah, how you're feeling and how your body's responding. But I think long term, we can definitely increase our volume of training. Uh, and in terms of, yeah, in terms of to make up for the lack of NEAT, um, I think what I tend to recommend to all of my clients is keeping a set amount of of steps per day is going to really help you just to ensure that you are expending a average amount of energy per day. Um, if we're having massive increases and decreases in our step count, that means we're going to be having a massive uh, variable change in our energy output each day. So if we are trying to maintain body weight and we're eating a certain amount of calories, we want to ensure that our energy output is relatively the same as well. It's going to fluctuate hugely per day. But to say if you focus on hitting 8,000 steps every day and getting your neat in that way, then that's going to be a great way to just uh, mitigate any sort of excess weight gain that you might expect from the reduction in activity we have during this period. Um, so even though you're sitting around the home more and maybe not moving as much, focus on some of the things that are going to get you moving, cleaning, uh, walking the dog, playing with kids, uh, maybe parking further away from the, the grocery store when you go to pick up your your food, um, or just going out for specific walks when you can. Um Definitely still important to take those rest days. So take one to two days off where you do completely no training, but you do still keep your steps up, you keep your walking up to help with the energy output side of the equation. Um, One of the big things we are seeing is obviously a lot of people increasing their food intake while they're at home. It's very easy to just snack and to keep snacking while you're at home. So uh, big tip there, guys, is to yeah increase your energy expenditure to maybe counter some of that a little bit at the same time there's a whole bunch of stuff we can cover in the next episode about nutritional uh, strategies to ensure we are maintaining weight losing weight or gaining weight depending on your goal while you are at home because there's a lot of nuances that come into that but yeah you may want to increase your training volume a little bit add a set or two per exercise maybe add a day or two if you feel like it but listen to your body if you are recovering if you feel like you're progressing on your exercises then you may want to increase volume of training Um, but not necessarily to make up for a lack of movement you can do that through increases in steps now i did want to quickly move on um, just to keep this episode a little shorter, we'll just wrap this up, guys. Um, I just want to bring it full circle and say, hey, look, any movement is good movement. Whatever you do, I did a yoga session the other day, which I very rarely do. Uh, I do enjoy it when I do it. It was a 30-minute session on YouTube, which I found was about the perfect amount of time for me to do some yoga. Uh, but any kind of movement is going to be really good for you. Yoga, walking, running, maybe you're doing a dance class, whatever you like to do. Do some kind of movement every single day. And do what brings you joy every single day as well. Spend some time doing something that really that you really love to do, that you enjoy doing, um, no matter what that is. I think that's super important to uh, to make that a priority throughout this home isolation period. Um, taking some rest, increasing your sleep if you can. I know for myself, I've been able to get a uh, a much a greater increase in in sleep while I've been uh, at home, which has been <laughs> absolutely incredible and i feel amazing for us increasing steps i'm sorry increasing your sleep do some meditation do some reading do some things that you can slow down and and take your time with um and one of the big things i've been doing recently is just practicing gratitude you know we're so fortunate most of us if you're listening to this to be in the western world where we have access to ample food clean water we have shelter we have netflix wi-fi 
Uh, it's just, you know, the list of things that we can be grateful for is just never ending. And I think we need to, to realize that and to realize that there are people around the world that are, would give anything to be in our positions. Um, that we we really can't complain about this this lockdown period. It's something that's really simple to do. Yes, financially for a lot of people, including myself, it's a very tough time. However, having some gratitude, starting the morning by being thankful for something, um, is a great way to get through this with a positive mindset. Guys, if you have any issues with your training at home and you want to, you know, if you've got any exercises or um, say muscles you want to train and you don't have any variations for it, please reach out. I've got a ton of variations of exercise that I can give you. Um, also, if you do want your programming done for you, reach out to me. There will be a link in my bio on Instagram if you want to jump in there to sign up for two weeks of at-home programming. Um, I have programs for beginners, intermediate, advanced. You can even jump on the program that I'm following so you can do the exact same exercises I am doing and see how you like that. Um, But basically, we're doing pay what you like for those programs. So no matter what sort of uh, income you have at the moment, where your financial status is, uh, you'll likely be able to afford a dollar for two weeks of training and you can just donate that. Um, you can donate as much or as little as you like for that program and you'll get two weeks of coaching there um, on our online training app. So that is that, guys. Um, I can individualize those programs as well. I'll just cover that really quickly. If you do want individualized programs, um, depending and the equipment you have at home, so you've got some bands, some kettlebells, Swiss ball, things like that, then yep, we can individualize those as well, um, and we can chat about pricing for that as well. But if you do want a just an initial base level um, program to start with, jump on that link. There's ones for various range of fitness levels. And if you are doing any home exercise and you're using any of the workouts that I've been sharing, the exercises I've been sharing or using my programs, please do tag me. I'd love to see that. I'd love to see what you're doing. I'd um, love to see the environment you're training in. It's always interesting, interesting to see uh, where people are training and how they're training. Um, but apart from that, guys, I wish you all the best with your home training. Do the best that you can. Stimulate the muscle as best as you can. Enjoy it. It's not going to be forever. And we will see you on the other side.